Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing how to build a bond portfolio. More specifically, we're going to talk about how to build a global bond portfolio. So in one of our recent podcasts, Mike, you and I talked about building a global equity portfolio and what some of the things you need to consider are. And I thought it might be interesting for you and I to go over and look at the bond side of the portfolio and talk about some of those components and, and what, what's important to put together. And I think it's really important, especially today when interest rates are at an all-time low and it's really difficult to, to get any sort of return out of the bond portfolio. But you know, what are some of the things you can do to at least give yourself a fighting chance? Mike, talk about bond maturity. You know, we hear about bond maturity. What, what are sort of the different parameters around different maturity dates for bonds? So when you get into bond maturity, the one thing that comes, there are certain risks involved in bonds. The first one is interest rate risk. And bond maturity has a lot to do with interest rate risk. That's your way to mitigate interest rate risks. And when you look at that interest rate risk, the shorter term the bond, the less interest rate risk there is involved in that bond. So there's there's a few different categories. We'll call them short-term bonds will be bonds uh, less than one year. Then we start to get into, I guess, still along short-term, but short to mid-term, you're into one to five-year bonds. Then you start to move into the five to 10-year bond range. And then you start to move into bonds that go longer than 10 years. And generally speaking, when you start going to bonds that are beyond 10 years, you want to start to move toward government bonds. And the reason why I said this is based on interest rate risk, if you think about it, if interest rates are, let's say, 2%, and they all of a sudden go up to 3%, and you're stuck holding a 2% bond, you're missing out on that 1% when you're holding that. If you have a short-term bond that's only one year, you're only going to miss out on an extra 1% return for a single year, correct? When you go and start to go into bonds that are a 20-year bond, if all of a sudden interest rates shift and they're off by 1%, for the next 20 years, you're going to be disadvantaged by 1%. And what happens is because of that, it makes the bond values fluctuate a lot more as interest rates change. So that's a lot to do with bond maturity and, and why it's a very important part of a bond portfolio. So in other words, when you look at it, when all these parameters are taken into account, risk and return are always there. So a shorter term bond is lower risk because it matures soon and it's probably giving you a lower return. A longer term bond has a higher return potential because you're going to own it long, long term, but it's higher risk because interest rates can fluctuate. And generally speaking on normal, let's say interest rate curves, if they're not inverted, it means you're going to get paid a higher return for a longer term bond also. Next, I thought we'd talk about the ratings of bonds. So, you know, the easiest way to think about it, bonds are, are rated, you know, like we rate steak. Is it, uh, is it triple A steak? Is it double A steak? Is it single A? Well, bonds are rated very much the same way. You've got a couple of major rating agencies 
that go out and rate every single bond in the marketplace. And what's interesting about it is they're not always consistent. You know, one, one firm may rate it a triple A bond. Another may rate that same bond as a single A bond. They all have different factors that they take into account. So we've got triple A bonds, which are the safest bonds out there, but they provide a lower return because they're the safest bonds out there. Double A bonds provide a slightly higher return, slightly more risk. We get down to single A, higher return again, a little bit more risk. And all of these are taken into account. And then we get into the B bonds. We've got double B and single B and junk bonds. So all different parameters that are there. And everything is related to risk and return. The safer the bond, the lower the return. The riskier the bond, the higher the potential. I, I think people also get very confused over how hard it is to be a AAA bond. There's very few, if any, I think there were, I, I can't remember, but there was only one or two AAA corporate bonds available. It was, uh, it's very limited to be, AAA you almost have to be very secure government, secured bond, and it has to be federal. Even when you start to go down to provincial, you sometimes lose that AAA rating. And the, what, why the AAA rating is important for the firms, whether it's a corporation or whether it's a government, is if they suddenly drop from a AAA rating to a AA rating, the cost of borrowing money for the bondholder is more expensive. It could go up 25 or 50 basis points because they drop from a AAA to a AA. So that can have a big impact, not only for a corporation or for a, for a government, for a country. Another thing you always got to remember, too, is when you get into rate on bonds, but people buy bonds in their portfolio because they say they're guaranteed, right? That's the idea of the bond having this guarantee. But the guarantee, the company guarantees you they're going to pay you, but there's no guarantee the company's going to still exist. And that's where you get into this rating agency where they go and they decide what's the security behind these bonds and how likely are they to pay off. And if things did go wrong, what type of capital do they have to cover their debts? So we've talked about bond ratings. We've talked about bond maturity. Let's talk about diversification. So we can go buy bonds around the world. We can buy bonds that exist in our own country in Canada. We could even buy you know, provincial bonds uh, for the province of Ontario or the province of Alberta. And if we look around the world, some of the best, safest countries out there, obviously the U.S. is at the top of the list. Some of the other big players would be uh, the United Kingdom, Japanese, Canada's pretty safe, Australia. All those countries have very safe bond ratings. And the advantage is interest rates are different around the world. So we know interest rates are very low in North America. They may be slightly higher in Europe at this point. They may be even lower in Asia at this point. So a bond manager searches the world to find different bonds at different rates, different coupon rates. What's a coupon rate? It's the rate you're going to, of interest that you're going to be receiving on that particular bond. The other thing that happens when we get into country allocation, you can buy the bonds in other currencies. So you could buy a, um, a US dollar US bond, or you could buy that US dollar bond in Canadian dollars. So there's all kinds of possible combinations. The strategy our particular bond manager uses is to hedge 
And basically what that means is we don't take any currency risk in the bond portfolio. There's enough risk in all the other pieces of a bond portfolio. You don't want to be taking that risk on the currency as well. Yeah, the idea behind it is when you look at hedging foreign currencies, I mean, sometimes you can leave equities run unhedged. And if you look at, let's say you have take the S&P 500, let's say it's averaged 10% over the last, whatever, 100 years, <laughs> don't know how long it's been exist, but that seems to be the long-term averages. If you take that and you take a currency fluctuation between US and Canada, you can see fluctuations, they change, but say, say you average out about a 7% currency fluctuation. So your returns in any given year, if you have a 10% return in the S&P 500, on the good side, if the currency works in your favor, it can be 17% if it goes against you you can be 3% rate of return. But that's still a reasonable investment, right? If you start to go into bond right now, a bond's expected yield isn't 10%. You know, right now they're two to 3%. But let's say we're even in a strong market where they're 3% and you throw that same currency fluctuation on top of a 3% return. So it still has the possibility of the currency going up, you know, up and down 7%. And if you take those numbers and you start to look at 3% return, if the currency is against you, you end up with a negative 4% rate of return. If the currency is in your favor, you end up with a 10% rate of return. So now you have still have a volatile asset class that's going to go between negative 4 and 10%, but your average expected return is only 3% out, which doesn't make a lot of sense from a financial point of view. Not a good investment. So that's why that hedging is really necessary. It's interesting, you know, when we, you and I started, hedging used to be a pretty big cost. It was in some cases, you know, somewhere between 25 and 50 basis points that you would lose to currency hedging. Today, they're doing it for pennies. And in some cases, they don't even need, they can just buy a hedged bond that really doesn't have much of a cost to it. So there are, there are tremendous advantages in that. Yeah. Why not take that risk out of the portfolio? D great strategy. So let's talk about the different types of bonds. We've talked about, again, bond ratings, bond maturity, country allocation. When we come to the types of bonds, the, the simplest one to think of is what we call government short-term paper, and they call it treasury bills. And it's literally, it's cash, but you're, you're investing it in, in really safe. So it might be government of Canada treasury bills. They typically have maturities of up to two years. Most of them are 12 months or less. And you can buy U.S. treasuries. You can buy Japanese treasuries. But it's really kind of like cash. It's cashable. That thing is going to mature in maybe six months, maybe a year. And you'll have cash back in your hands at that time. Next, we go to government bonds. Government bonds might be issued by the, the, the country itself. Or they could be issued by the provinces or states. So in Canada, in our portfolios that we build for our clients, we often see province of Ontario bonds, province of BC bonds, province of Quebec bonds. They even give a little higher return because they're considered a little riskier than province of Ontario. And it all depends on each province's finances as to who's got the better bond returns that are available in the marketplace. And then we get into the area of corporate bonds. Corporate bonds are where corporations borrow money and they issue bonds. So a corporation, let's say it's Walmart, may go out and maybe Walmart's got a AAA or a AA rating and they want to raise, you know, a half a billion dollars to expand their stores. And they'll do that by issuing a bond. So maybe they're going to issue a 10-year 
corporate bond that's going to pay one and a half percent for the next 10 years, but it's a triple A bond. So that's where we would see a corporation might borrow money. And it's not just the corporations, even smaller corporations borrow money. And corporations are, again, there's high risk corporations and there's extremely low risk corporations. And that impacts the different rates of returns that you're going to get on those bonds. So bonds at the outset seems really simple. And suddenly, Mike, it's starting to get really complicated. Yeah, it's it's not as simple as people think. Like, would you rather buy a Greece bond, a Venezuela bond or Apple? You know, which are you more I, I think I'd prefer you? an Apple bond. So, so you get this thing, people get into the idea that because it's a government bond, it's 100% safe. That's not always the case. You got to look at currencies, the state of the government, the state of the debt the government has. So it's not as easy as just let me just go pick a bond for my portfolio. So how do you put it all together? And that's really where a bond manager comes into play. And they basically decide on what their strategy is. Often they'll play it um, on something called the yield curve, which is basically, you know, our interest rates low today and expected to go higher five years out, 10 years out. Or is the curve pretty flat? If you went 10 years out on the yield curve, there's really no difference in the rate of return you're going to get. And the odd time we get what's called an inverted yield curve. And that's where interest rates in the future are expected to actually be lower. And so that would be where you start to see that curve go down. So that's what a bond manager does. They decide how much they're going to invest in each individual bond, the types of bonds they, they're going to buy. Are they they're government? Are they corporate? What countries are they from? Are they going to hedge or not hedge? Are they buying AAA? Are they putting it all together? It's truly a recipe and it's always moving. So it's not like they buy the bond and, and just sit on them. They're constantly moving around trying to get a better return for the investor. They can make returns on any yield curve by positioning themselves in the right spots if they know what they're doing. And they do a very good job on that. I know Dimensional tries to keep, I think our bond portfolio is somewhere around a five-year maturity in that range. And I know they can control it because they'll keep a small piece of Canadian 30-year bonds inside of there, which is a safe long-term alternative. And they'll adjust the exposure to that to control their average maturity inside the portfolio. And they've done a great job on it over the years. Lastly, I get the question a lot, Rob, why are we having to put more money into bonds when interest rates are at an all-time low? And I think that the key that, you know, it, it's like a, a great sports team. You have to have offense and you have to have defense. Bonds are still the best defense out there. I mean, cash is really good, but cash is giving you no return at all. Bonds are the best next line of defense. And the position in bonds actually allows you to hold that bigger position in the equities that gives you the return. And remember that the key is that when things go horribly wrong on the market, the first defense of the government is generally to lower interest rates, which would generally increases bond values. So historically speaking, bonds have reacted opposite to the market when the markets go through a fall. And what I found too, it's nice to have a piece of the portfolio to rebalance from you know, when those falls happen in the market, there's now buy-in opportunities. And if you have some bond exposure in the portfolio, it gives you some safe money that you can buy more equities in low markets. Great strategy. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. 
This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.